0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchandpeak.org. Let's just pray, Lord, come and speak to us. I want to hear from your word this morning. Hear from you, Lord, teach us. From your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we've been looking at the gifts of the Spirit over a a number of weeks and um, what I want to do today is kind of finish that series, bring it all together if you like and um, as I was kind of praying about what I should bring to you this morning I just felt uh, there's a lot of confusion about the gifts of the Spirit what they are and what they're not and as I was thinking about that I thought well okay that's what I'll do then I'll bring to you what they're not, and I'll bring to you what they are. So uh, I've got four things they're not, and I had a lot more than that of what they are, but I've managed to condense them into four. So it's four not, and four what they are. But I'm cheating, because there's lots more what they are. Okay, so I want to just read 1 Corinthians 12 to start with, uh, to give us the background and the flavor of what Paul is talking about, about the gifts of the Spirit for the church. Uh, I think it's important for us to get the background. And uh, somebody said to me a few weeks ago, um, where are the other passages in the the New Testament that talk about the gifts of the Spirit? So I want to look at those quickly as well. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians, then we're going to go to Romans, and then we're going to go to Ephesians. So 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to start in verse 4. Now I'm reading from the life application which is the New Living Translation, so it will be slightly different from an NIV or an ESV or something like that, but I think it just brings, brings things to life. So it says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit, discerning of spirits. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or speaking in tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear or well, if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body seem weakest and least important, are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, are teachers. Then, those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help each other. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have to do the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Okay, so that's the background. Paul introduces to the, to the idea of the spiritual gifts and how he references them to the churches. He talks about them being part of a body. So as the body works together... All the parts do something separate, a different thing, but they come together in the body of Christ. And that is really important in our understanding of what Paul is trying to get across in the gifts of the Spirit. And he follows that on in all of his letters. So let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 12. These are not as long, you'll be glad to know. Verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak it out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And then he goes on to say, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And he goes, carries on. If you want to read that later, you can, but it adds to the whole picture. So once again, here, Paul, prophecy, serving others, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, showing kindness and mercy. And he's asking us, to do all those things well. Now, maybe you think of gifts of the Spirit that are only words of wisdom, words of knowledge, speaking in tongues, prophecy, and so forth. But Paul says that's not right. Encouragement, which Carly spoke about, giving, leadership, showing kindness and mercy. These are all gifts of the Spirit. So let's finish Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, three different letters, but the theme is the same. It's about the body of Christ, each part taking its rightful part, and we all grow and mature in Christ with Christ being the head of the church. So, the gifts. We need to start with the fact that the gifts are grace gifts. What do I mean by that? Okay, now I'm going to use a bit of Greek this morning, which is very unlike me. If you have seen a film called My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is Alice's favourite film... In the film, the father always says to the children, give me any word and I will give you the Greek meaning of that word. It's right, isn't it? Can I just say, never watch that film with Alice because she knows every word of it and she says the words of the next line before they've actually said it and it is really annoying. It's true, isn't it? So Alice, I'm going to give you a Greek word, kimono. Where's the mic? So, I'm going to give you a word, kimono. Give me the Greek meaning of kimono. Don't we do it in the Greek accent? Yeah. <laughs> of course. The Greek? <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the Greek word himona, which means winter. And what do you wear in the winter when you're cold? A robe. Kimono, robe, there you go. Very good. Thank you. Right. You need to watch the film. Great film, by the way. Anyway, so the Greek word for spiritual gifts is charismata. This is me doing my Greek bit. The root word, charis, first bit of it, charis, means grace. It's a grace gift. A gift of grace or a grace gift. Now, why is that important? It's really important because you cannot earn the gifts of the Spirit. You cannot buy the gifts of the Spirit. You cannot read a book and know about the gifts of the Spirit. They are given by God in grace. They are gifts for you to open and unwrap and use. But you don't earn them. It's really important because we have to start at that point. Because one of the things that we're going to talk about in a minute is that people tend to use them as a little badge. So when you go to brownies, not that I've been, uh, but what's the other brownies? What comes after brownies? Guides. You get a badge (coughs) if you do a particular thing. Now, I have no idea what they are. Tying a rope or something or... Are there any guides or brownies here? What do you get badges for? Tell me. You were never... First aid, right? Making cakes... So you get a little badge, don't you? And you put your badges on your brownie uniform. And the more badges you have, the better you are. The more important you are. Okay. So, when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and what they are not, is that's the first thing. They are not a badge of honor. You don't come to church with your list of gifts that you work in on your shoulder. and You don't get a badge... Saying, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation. It's important. They don't give you brownie points and you don't collect them by endeavour like scouts or brownies. They are not to be worn proudly. They are gifts. And God decides who to give them to, as we've just read, as he wills. Okay. Second thing they are not is they're not for self-promotion. The gifts should not bring attention to the person who is bringing them. They should always bring attention to God. They should always point to Jesus. They show the characteristics of Christ, not us. Now, why, why is that? Well, the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus. Always. And so as we move in the gifts of the Spirit, that is what the Holy Spirit will be doing. He will be pointing us to Jesus. They're not for us. They're not to promote ourselves. When people come to the church, maybe for the first time, and they come up to you and they say, I just want you to know that I move in these particular gifts, and they reel them off to you, immediately, from my perspective, I'm thinking, you don't need to tell me that. You don't need to tell me what gifts you move in. God will show us and God will reveal those gifts as we move and we come together in the body of Christ. You don't need to say what they are particularly. It's quite important. Okay, number three, gifts are unearned and undeserved. We've already touched on this. But also, they do not rely on our natural personality traits. What do I mean by that? Okay, so you may say, well, that person is uh, naturally um, extrovert. So in the natural, if they're very extrovert, then obviously in the kingdom, they're going to be an evangelist. Because evangelists are extrovert, they talk to people, they witness to people, and so forth. But in the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. What you are in the natural is not what you are in the kingdom of God because you are a new creation. When you get saved, God changes everything. If you're an introvert, naturally, it doesn't mean you're then going to be an introvert in the kingdom. Oh, well, that person, because they're quiet and gentle, their gift must be uh, being kind or, you know, whatever. They're going to move in a quiet gift. No, it doesn't work like that. God wills and if God gives to whomever he will. What you are in the natural does not apply to what you are in the kingdom of God. When you get saved, everything changes. God can give you whatever he wants. He can give you one of the loud gifts, if you like, in front of everybody, no matter how quiet you are. Because it's the Holy Spirit that works in you and brings the gifts to the church. We are a new creation. Okay, fourthly, They are not, gifts do not make you a better Christian. People think that. They have a first class Christian who moves in the gifts of the Spirit and they have a second class Christian who doesn't move in the gifts of the Spirit. There is no first class, there is no second class. Listen, if you're saved, you're saved, full stop. That's not to say that... (laughs) If you, if you move in the gifts of the Spirit, God opens up a whole new vista for you. He does, absolutely. And we would encourage the gifts of the Spirit absolutely 100%. Because, as we've read this morning, they make the church, the body of Christ, function in the way it was supposed to function. But there's no first class and second class degree of Christian. It's important for us to realize that, because the enemy will tell us That is the case. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not as good as that person who does speak in tongues. No. God loves you, full stop. He doesn't love you because you speak in tongues. He loves you, period. And that applies to all the gifts. He loves us with an everlasting and an amazing and a reckless love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. You don't go up the league table as a Christian the more gifts that you move in. There is no league table. There is no league table. It's important because the enemy will come and tell you that you are. And the other thing that the enemy will do is he will always point out somebody else for you to look at. So he will constantly say to you, in your ear, don't you wish you were like so and so maybe them you know moving in a gift prophecy or speaking in tongues interpretation whatever it is words of knowledge no you have to nail that one against the enemy straight away you are who god has created you to be you don't need to be like anyone else you just need to be like jesus that's all. That's where we all need to be like more like Jesus every day. But he will come and tell you, Oh, wouldn't you like to be like that person, this person? Don't take that on board. Okay, so four things they're not. So if we've looked at four things they're not, let's look at four things that they are. First of all, the gifts bring glory to God, not to ourselves. We've already mentioned that. All the gifts are given to equip us to glorify God. Now, I'm going to quote from Wayne Gruden, which is not something I do very often, but um, he just manages to put into one sentence what would take me half an hour to say. He's brilliant. He says this, God has given the gifts to the body of Christ to manifest his presence among us, to remind us of our dependence upon one another and thus build unity in the church, to edify or build up the church individually and corporately, and to reach the lost. Through the spiritual gifts, the believer is humbled, fulfilled, encouraged, and made useful in the hands of our master, to whom all the glory is due. What a quote. (laughs) Kind of, you just read that out and it sums up the whole preach. Brilliant. God has given the gifts to the body of Christ to manifest his presence among us, to remind us of our dependence upon one another and thus build unity in the church, to edify the church individually and corporately and to reach the lost. Through spiritual gifts, the believer is humbled, fulfilled, encouraged and made useful in the hands of our master to whom all the glory is due. The gifts should bring glory to god always they should always point us to jesus that beautiful song that susie sang this morning you know just jesus coming on the white charger and rescuing us what does that do it should in your heart it just makes you think thank you jesus that's exactly what you are you have saved me out of so many situations so many messes that i've got myself in you are my savior That's what you do. You save me. And it points us to Jesus and it reminds us. Lord, I remember when I was in a mess and you came and you rescued me and you saved me. And you put my feet back on a rock. It's always pointing us to Jesus. It always brings glory out of our spirits to Jesus. That's what it does. And the gifts, when someone, Karen last week, she sang that or spoke a beautiful tongue last week. And Dave interpreted, what's the interpretation? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you have done so much for me. My soul sings to you. My soul worships you. Because you love me, a sinner. You see what the gifts do? They always point to Jesus to worship him and to give him glory because it's the Holy Spirit that is behind them. Always. The prophetic, as it comes, it points to Jesus. It releases songs. It releases worship. It gives him glory. And for us to take any glory from bringing... um, A gift of the Spirit to the church is just so wrong. It's so not what it's about. Always Jesus. Hallelujah. That's not in my notes. Right. Number two. They manifest or show God's presence in the church on earth. They manifest or show God's presence in the church on earth. Jesus is our perfect example. He fulfilled all the spiritual gifts through the words he spoke and the actions he carried out while he was on earth. So since Jesus has ascended, the Holy Spirit is the primary manifestation of God's presence on earth now. So the gifts are given to the members of the body of Christ. So believers glorify God through those gifts when the Holy Spirit works through the gifts these are seen by believers and unbelievers this encourages people's faith that God is alive and working that he is near and bringing blessing and power to the church so they manifest or show God's presence in the church on earth number three They build unity in the church and edify or build up individually and corporately. Spiritual gifts are given to the church to unite it, not divide it. John 17, Jesus talking to the Father, says this I am praying not only for these disciples. But also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be, sorry, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be to us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. You see, that's Jesus' heart, is that unity of the Spirit within the church. It's so important. We all have the same Spirit within us which produces love in our hearts and the love builds unity. Colossians 3 says this, Clothe yourself with love which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. God has given the gifts to edify the church. It's it's an old-fashioned word, edify. What does it mean? It means uplifting, encouraging, building up. It's a really positive word. And Paul so often uses that word as he talks to us about the gifts of the Spirit. It's, it's for the church to be uplifted, encouraged and built up individually as well as corporately as the body of Christ, as the church in this place. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve each other. See, as you bring the gifts, you're serving each other. You're encouraging one another. You're building one another up. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians twelve seven: a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. This is Paul's constant theme that this is what the gifts do. The gifts can show the church working beautifully together to build up, strengthen, and encourage each other. And this is so important for us as we meet together. Paul always refers back to this, and it is really key to what we're trying to achieve as we step out and move in the gifts of the Spirit. Each person bringing something, each person bringing the whole. And, you know, people often say, well, I'm not sure if what I've, got is, what I've got is right. But so often, you know, when you step out or if you've got something, someone else will bring something that exactly ties in with what you've got. And I was standing there this morning and um, I just had that, that uh, phrase in my head. Before Susie sang her song, I had that phrase in my head um, from Simba in the film The Lion King i laugh in the face of danger now and i was thinking why have i got that in my head on a sunday morning which is a film i probably haven't watched for 10 years why have i suddenly got that in my head and just as i said to the lord why have i got that in my head it just started to, to open it up to me and then susie brought that amazing song about the you know the white charger coming and rescuing us and i just suddenly clicked what it was but god you know is so encouraging when you get something and you're thinking, is it me? What have I got? Is, it, is this right? Is it wrong? So often someone else will bring something and then it encourages you to bring your gift. Your, whatever it is you've got. And God wants us to bring stuff. So often God does not whisper to us. You see, God does not come to us, whisper something and then run away and then you think well did i hear that or not no god's not like that it's not a game he's playing he wants you to bring something because it's going to build up the church it's going to edify other people it's going to encourage them so god doesn't whisper something and run away he will tell you once twice three times he will shout in your ear to get your attention Why? Because he knows that we're reticent to bring stuff. He knows that we're scared about looking silly. If I go up the front and I say, I've seen a penguin on a tightrope, who is going to interpret that? Good question. No one. (laughs) But God's encouraging. He wants you to bring it. And if your heart is pounding and your palms are wet and you can't stand still and God's bellowing in your ear, come up the front and give it if you're in group, take it, give it, and it will release other things, I promise you. Because it is one spirit. If you bring something over here, it's the same spirit that brings something over here. It's the same spirit at the back. It's the same spirit over there. He speaks to us one. We are one in the spirit. That is so important to understand. You're not A little island all by yourself and God's speaking to you and he's not saying the same thing to anyone else. No, He is speaking to all of us through one spirit, one heart, one mind, one spirit. Be encouraged. So often when people come up the front, they bring something, it releases other things and people say it's amazing. So-and-so said something and I had this and it just fitted in. And Holy Spirit works here every Sunday morning. We have no plan. We go in the room and we pray. and We say, Holy Spirit, come. Lead us and guide us. So Phil is hosting today and leading and all the other things. And we pray over Phil and we say, get Phil in tune with you, Lord. That's our prayer for anyone who's leading the meeting. Just get them in tune with your spirit. So that as the Spirit speaks, Phil hears and leads us in a particular way. Same with the worship team. Same with that's that's our prayer should be our prayer all of us every Sunday. Get me in tune with you this morning, Lord. Let me hear from you. I'm available if you want to use me. Every one of us should be saying that every Sunday morning. And I've said this before, if every single one of you said that every Sunday morning, our meetings would be different. They really would. Because saying, I'm available to you, Lord, is a dangerous prayer. If you mean it, Isn't it, Zara? See, Zara, quiet, unassuming Zara who is very quiet, she's quiet in group, comes up the front a couple of weeks ago and gives an amazing word from God, which tied in with something someone else had said, and then someone else brought something on the back of it, which tied in. How encouraging is that? Because in the kingdom, it doesn't matter if Zara's quiet naturally. In the kingdom, she doesn't have to be quiet. She has to give what God's given her. One spirit. Working in all of us, listen, pray that dangerous prayer. Can I encourage you, pray that dangerous prayer. Lord, use me today, if you will. As you're sitting there with your cornflakes and your coffee or whatever it is you have for breakfast, pray that prayer. Okay, Lord, use me today, if you will. He loves that prayer. He's got all these things he wants to say and do on Sunday mornings and he's got four people that say, use me today, Lord. Lord. It kind of narrows it down a bit, doesn't it? Oh, I've got to use Dave Harper again. (laughs) I've got to use Dave Watmore again. I've got to use Phil. That's about it, really, isn't it? (laughs) Josie, Ali, that's six. Okay, what about if we say 60? Lord, there's 60 people here that are open to you using them. Whoa, he's going to have fun. He is going to have such fun. But actually, that's the body of Christ working as it should. A toe that's never said anything before says something. A finger says something. A shoulder, an ear. God working in his body and building us up, encouraging us. One spirit working in all of us. This is what Paul is so wants us to, to to catch through this. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> have I done four yet? <laughs> Anyone taking notes? No, you haven't. I haven't done four. Thank you, Peter. That's right. right, number four. <laughs> the gifts reveal the living God. The gifts are not an end in themselves. They are tools with which we can articulate the love of God to everybody, Christian and non-Christian. Grudem says this, Believers are encouraged through the manifestation of the spiritual gifts because they are reminded that God is truly near and is actively, diligently, carefully and thoroughly carrying out his will in the earth unbelievers come face to face with the reality of the living God as he displays his power, his love and his wisdom through his people which is exactly what we've been talking about isn't that what we want? as people come in here unbelievers come face to face with the reality of the living God as he displays his power, his love and his wisdom through his people, that's us that's what I want As people come in, I want you to display your glory, your wisdom and your power through me because I've prayed that prayer this morning that, yes, I'm available, Lord. As you pray that, that's what he's going to do. The living God displaying his power, his love and his wisdom through his people. That's what we want as a church. That's what we want in your groups. That's what we want as we meet together. You know, even as you meet together for coffee, You can be practicing the gifts of the Spirit in that situation. You can say, Do you know what? Just as we've been having coffee, I feel the Lord has said this. Boom. Suddenly, that person is, they say, You know, you're so right. That's exactly where I'm at. It doesn't have to be in a formal church situation, it's ministering to one another, the body of Christ, working together. A word of encouragement, a word of ministry a gift of wisdom, a word of knowledge, whatever it is, as you're just sharing life together, that's what God wants to do. Okay, as important as the gifts are, we must not get fixated on them as our ultimate aim. This is important. The ultimate aim is to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. The gifts certainly assist us in doing that, but they are not the be-all and end-all following Jesus, is. John Piper says this. In the end, the heart longs not for any of God's good, good gifts, but for God himself. To see him and to know him and be in his presence is the soul's final feast. Beyond this, there is no quest. Words fail. We call it pleasure, joy, delight. But these are weak pointers to the unexplainable experience of knowing God. And that is so true. Brilliant quote. I love it. We can get taken up with the gifts, fixated on them almost, but it's not like that. They're gifts for us to open and use. And they do the church good, they do you good personally and they do the church good. They bring unity, as we've already seen. They build the church up. The gifts are given for our encouragement, building up for the church to function the way it should, and to show God's love and power to the church and to the unchurched. But ultimately, it's God who gives the gifts that we seek. I right, we can have the worship team back up. just want to finish with Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this, In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. And in God's presence, that's where we want to be. Using his gifts that he's given to us, building us, building each other up, building the church up, encouraging one another. These are wonderful things for the church. Seek after them, but ultimately. It's Jesus we want, all of us. Amen. Okay. Come and worship. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it encourages us. We thank you that you have good gifts for all your people. Lord, teach us to step out. Teach us to open the gifts, not be scared. But just step out for you, knowing that a father gives his children good gifts, always. Thank you that we've sung that song this morning so much. You are good. You are good. And we would declare that again right now. You are good, Jesus. You're a good God. You're a good father. We come to you as your children. Lead us and guide us. Encourage us, each one, as we seek to step out with you in the coming days. In Jesus' name. Amen.